So that Cody Podcast, stream show number one business comedy podcast in the world. Meow, 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 meow. And the what you don't have a soundboard anymore? I do. Uh, we got Were you gonna say something? We've got Ethan Song from uh, from RareCircles.com, former founder, owner of Frank and Oak. 300 employees, man. Just a lot drop, of people. Just drop that one. We we talk a lot about web three. And Still don't get it. It's a little over our heads, but you know that's why you listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, do do Spotify, cryptocurrency, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, what else are we on? Samsung, all that stuff. You want to be our BFFs? Subscribe to the pod, rate us five star, share this show with a friend. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. Create a customizable website or online store with all-in-one solution from Squarespace without having to do any coding, baby. Yeah. You don't have to do all those third-party plugins. But from you mobile. can. You can, but you don't have to to make your site optimized for WordPress. Yeah. We're, we're talking about you, WordPress. Fuck you, dude. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. I'm gonna, Whoa. Yeah. Fucking thing sucks. Jeez. Yeah. I don't like WordPress. Um, that unshareable. <laughs> automatically uh, index your website to Google, Bing, Yahoo, Lycos, Netscape, all the goodies. And, um, you know, no templates now. You got Fluid Engine. You can design it in a grid format. Get started today with the free trial with the promo code in this episode description. Hooks us up, hooks you up. And, you know, make yourself feel good. Yeah, I already do. All right, let's get it going with Ethan's song of Rare Circles. Hotty Tommy! Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Sweat Equity. Ethan, uh, so you can hear us? We're all good? Yeah, we can hear you. Well, we didn't know if you're on Mars. What is that? Uh, where are you? The background. What planet are you on? Sir? Yeah, is that Titan from Avengers? I'm not sure exactly what planet I'm on, actually, but I, I like wherever I am, I like it. It looks very Rick and Morty esque behind you. Yeah. Um, so, Ethan Song, why don't you uh, give the audience your uh, plugs, where to find you, how to how to contact, you know, call to action, all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you guys uh, are interested in learning more about, you know, what I'm working on um, or some of my content, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Mr. Ethan Song. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. All right. And you have uh, and you have two brands, I understand. Uh Am I am I correct? Here we had a we had a booking snafu yesterday. Well, wow. um, that was <laughs> so we have to apologize uh, at the front of this episode uh, because something I don't know why we got our our, our wires crossed, but we uh, Zoom just added a passcode onto the meeting for some reason. And then we put our phones on do not disturb because we're pros. Yep, and uh, <laughs> didn't see any emails coming through. So, <laughs> sorry, right. Um, where yeah, no, no worries at all. Where are you uh, videoing in from? I'm I'm in Canada right now. I'm actually out west uh, near Calgary, um, so uh, in Canada. 
Okay, okay. Calgary is um, all I know about Calgary is the 2004 Stanley right, Cup. The Lightning beat the Flames. Yeah, but I I found out that, that was at a point in time. I think I was 19, 19. We were 19 years old or something like that. Uh, that older. Uh, yeah, something like that. And it was I didn't realize it was like oil ish cowboy kind of old school. It, it felt like Texans almost that were hockey fans. Is that kind of an apt description? I mean, I think, I think if you were to compare, um, you know, from a province to state perspective, you would say that, yeah, Alberta, uh, which is a province is similar to Texas um, in, in many different ways from the fact that, you know, it's has more energy. Like that's where the, you know, all of the tar sands are in Canada. Um, I actually find that Calgary is starting to be a little bit like Austin where there's also tech, but uh, it's, it's this weird mix of like techs, cowboys, and also oil and gas. So blue city kind of in a red province, if you will. Um, you know, that, that's how you kind of compare Austin or Nashville. Tampa is a little bit like that in Florida. Um, is that where you're from, Ethan? Uh, well, I was originally born in China, and I've also lived uh, in both Montreal and Vancouver, so I'm, I'm not from here, uh, but I'm here currently. Mm. Canadian at heart, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly Canadian, yeah. All right. I've been to Montreal and Vancouver. Both are, are cool cities. Montreal, not a fan of me, but that's fine. Yeah, I can imagine you walking in there looking like that. Well, I look like I look. I think he is. Get a parka. They're like, what's this frat guy from the United States? We're literally walking around with a football throwing it with like 10, 10 white guys. <laughs> so uh, bachelor party nonetheless. But I did see a stripper take ice, put it in her hoo-ha, and spit it out as water. Good. And that was kind of amazing. Um, so Canada's always got to... So there goes our, our clean... What? We make it three and a half minutes. I, what? That's still clean. We I made it cussed. unshareable. That look. That's shareable. You know what we're talking about. Um, it's not shareable. What do you? T- oh, we don't have any limits on this show. I know, but maybe, Biz- maybe we should. Maybe Ethan will agree with us. Yeah, business talk. You've heard some of the most filthy things in the professional world sure. behind closed doors. I yeah. mean, that's why we kind of like this podcast because it's like let's have some real talk. But I, I don't like the guys that are aggressively disgusting. Like right when you meet them, you know. Yeah. For in a business meeting, they're like, "You see that sector secretary yeah. out there?" And you're like, Whoa. "Oh, right, I'm not on your team." Yep. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, this is definitely an interesting way to open this episode. Yeah. Um, HR. What let, do you know about HR? Let's <laughs> let's start with uh, the question we ask everybody that comes on the first time. What advice would you give your 13 year old self? Uh, I would say that's a very good question. 13 is an interesting choice of age also. Yep. Um, it's on purpose. I think when I was young, I always wanted to have like a plan, you know, like a master plan or a roadmap. And I realized over time that those don't exist. So I would say like just not worry about the perfect plan and just kind of follow your instinct and do what you love. I think it's, it's kind of corny, to be honest. I, I listen to myself saying it, but it's the truth. Um, in the sense that you just don't know where life is going to give you. And so not worrying about having a plan and just going for it, I think would probably be my, my best advice. Were you a perfectionist growing up? And uh, did that result in like you almost getting in your own way kind of thing? Yeah, I was definitely a perfectionist in the sense that, you know, my dad had a PhD in physics. We were like, you know, first generation immigrants. So I definitely fall a little bit in that stereotypical, you know, uh, Asian kind of like, high high expectations uh on like what i thought i could do 
Uh, but I realized over time that no one cares. Like, no one cares about what you are doing with your life. And therefore, um, you should just focus on finding stuff that, you know, that, that you're into, whether that's the smallest thing like snowboarding or, or something more meaningful. And so, yeah, I, I definitely felt that pressure when I was growing up. Um, but I think over time, I realized that, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. And, and like, understanding that it doesn't matter is actually like a good thing because it frees you, you know, to do whatever you want. I think Ethan uh, finally figured out what I would say to my 13-year-old self. No one cares. Yeah. That's all I would say. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. That They're thing, thinking about themselves. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard that kind of adage a lot. Uh, lately for some reason it's just like you think everybody's thinking about you and no one's they're all thinking about themselves yeah, first exactly. if anything you might be on the top 20 maybe but <laughs> maybe yeah um, even when you're having a yeah, conversation I, I agree you know because if you, if you talk to someone who's like you know later in life right, like someone's like 70 or whatever on their deathbed or even like I feel like they'll never talk about like how other people like thought about them as being something they care about at that point in life and I feel like the the younger you are, the more you care about what other people think. And as you get older, you, you just realize less and less. And you almost want to just jump to that, like, deathbed where you just don't give, you know, like, yeah, care freedom. about what other people think. Yeah, there's a reason. It's, it's true freedom. Yeah, older people are always saying crazy stuff. Just whatever. They say what's on their mind because they realize, who, know, who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Well, like, what's it going to happen? Yeah, who I got ahead of that. <laughs> yeah. I've just been saying crazy <laughs> shit for, uh, for decades yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get used to it. Um, so, where you hitting the you hitting the pow pow, the nar nar? You getting out on the snowboard, and not focusing on uh, figuring out the path, or do you want to be a pro snowboarder? What was uh, what was the plight? How, how did we get to here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, um, I so I, I was at that time I was in Montreal and I wanted to kind of pursue more of an artistic uh, career, so I moved to Vancouver. Uh, you know, I went to basically uh, art school and then I wanted to effectively, you know, become a film director or something, you know, in that in that space. Um, and then, you know, what's interesting is that, like, I I quickly realized that I was, you know, more more interested in, like, technology. Uh, and so maybe that's not that rebellious, but at that point in time, that's actually what I was, I cared about. And so I ended up switching from that into, like, you know, learning about more about engineering. And, but I feel that, this sort of combination of technology and like storytelling has been sort of like the through line in most of the things I've been involved in. Um, so I did that. Uh, I held on to a real job for about two years after uh, college and then uh, basically kind of went out and like, you know, started the more entrepreneurial journey. So that's kind of how I got started. And like, I mean, if I just skip ahead, basically, yeah. I uh, started a company. Uh, I started a few different companies. One of the companies, I guess, is. It's somewhat known. Uh, it's called a company called Frank and Oak. It was a fair large e-commerce company based out in Canada. Um, I, see that company I, I see that Shopify to, store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we grew a company to about 300 employees uh, in over, over 30 stores, basically. So it's a fair large company. And then, uh, you know, I, I exited left the company uh, a few years ago. And then uh, after that, I was doing a mix of, like, just helping others, you know, get started and, and also doing some investment. And then, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get back in the driver's seat in terms of building companies. And I started my current company about a year ago, which is really focused on, you know, supercharging communities. And so that's kind of like the last 10 years of my life, how to got to where I am today. Is that rear circles or is that uh, a different entity? 
Yeah, it's rest circles, exactly. So uh, what, we don't have a lot of Web3 people come on here. Uh, can you explain what Web3 is in a very uh, dumb way? Like we're five. <laughs> not a, not a I, smart five. Either. I see a lot of people promoting it. I see, you know, uh, it seems to be the next CrossFit thing on LinkedIn. Uh, you know. I see NFTs on that. That's about all I can read, but. Yeah, tell, can you talk to our audience, pretty much us, like we're five? Yeah. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think a lot of people want, don't want to ask these questions. They, everybody wants to assume they know what it is because you see so much of it starting to pound you on yeah, social. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of people where, like, you know, you hear these buzzwords and you just start using them themselves until you realize you actually don't know what it actually means. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, look, I think, I think Web3 is a very broad uh, word, so I, I'm not sure. I think if you'd ask, like, 10 people, they all have different definitions. But, you know, it, it really comes from the aspect of, like, Web1, Web2.0, and then Web3. So... Web one being like, you know, the early kind of, and it kind of goes in 10 year phases, I would say. Mm-hmm. So kind of web one being like, you know, simply you basically get to read, meaning like, you know, you get to um, read content, you get to like use Google search, you get to buy on Amazon, which is basically web one. So it's a very centralized, uh, you know, perspective. Web 2.0, which is I think what most people understand and live in, you know, obviously social media uh, was a big part of that. Uh, but also the idea of like blogging, uh, the idea of like being a creator, of making money on YouTube. You guys, very web too. Uh, so Thank you. Yeah, nice. All, I think all, all of that is like, um, and that is really around like, you know, user generated content. You know, in the broader sense of things, uh, that's what Web 2.0 was, and this new era of Web 3 is is around you know the idea of like ownership, um, and and that's what it with the broad term is now. What does that include? And typically, I would say Web3 includes everything that's blockchain related. Now, you know, the big question I guess you guys could ask is like, okay, is Web3 and crypto the same thing? Well, crypto is already the, I'll just go from Bitcoin because that's the easiest kind of example to teach is like, it's decentralized, you know, it's a decentralized currency, right? So it's not, it can't be owned by any one entity, essentially, right? Uh, And where it gets into where my depth gets out of range is when someone's like, well, isn't like a mathematical kind of proposition that you can't, there's no solve for it. And that's how it became, that's how it stays decentralized almost. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Doing some kind of math. I I I don't know if they saw it. Ethan probably knows. I mean, the simplest way of thinking about it, look, is, is the fact that like crypto comes from cryptocurrencies, right? So Bitcoin being obviously the the most well-known one and the first one really relates to currencies, right? And currencies being like US dollars or Bitcoin, something you can trade, something that has monetary value. And I think the piece that people misunderstand is that the cryptocurrency is built on top of the blockchain, which is the technology. And mm-hmm. so if you want to think about what Web3 is, is basically applying blockchain technology to things outside of finance. And so that's why like you hear about you know, collectibles, right? So like, the, like you talked about NFTs in the beginning being Web3 because collectibles are more about IP. Now, you know, people are talking about using uh, Web3 for ticketing. Um, so in that case, it's applying that technology to access, like digital access. And so I think why a lot of people are excited about um, this technology is basically the application of Web3 to, or a blockchain technology to other purposes other than financial purposes. So the way I see it, people think that it's the new, it's the new internet. 
I, I see it more as like uh, uh, an evolution of what we have today. Uh, kind of like how when mobile, you know, came about, when the iPhone came about in, I think it was 2009 or, or 2010, and it kind of changed the way we use the internet. But we were still kind of doing the same stuff, right? Ordering stuff, uh, getting food delivery, getting like, you know, Uber. But it was a revolution because it changed the way people consume the internet. And I think Web3 has the potential to do that. But, you know, I would say we're still in the, in the early, early innings uh, of that transformation. Yeah, I mean, so I was consulting with a guy who wanted to have a gym that was like, it was very ambitious. He he called me up. He was like, can you consult for this? I have this gym idea in Austin where it would be kind of Web3 based where the people that invested in it were the shareholders. And I was like, this doesn't sound like anything new to me, but he had his own kind of currency to go with it. And I was like, "This, I think you're getting over your skis and getting out too far." I think right. Are you starting a gym or making your own currency? It was both, and he was he. I go. And we're not talking like Dave and Buster's currency. Well, I go. Look, you want me to help you with the marketing side of it? I need to explain the message. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain this if you can't explain it to me. And I like, I'll be your your Cyrano to your crowd of sorts. But like, I still don't get what this is, right? Because you have your yeah, Cyrano. Mm-hmm. Remember the guy with the big nose tells the other guy so he could hit on the chick in the balcony? You know what I'm talking about. Ethan knows what yeah, I'm talking I mean, about. Uh-uh. Eric's shaking mean, his I, head. I, He's not very cultured. <laughs> He's just sad about Dave and Buster's, the guy. Buster, Are we going to Dave and Buster's or not? <laughs> Buster killed himself, dude. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Dave and Buster's, but I, mean, I, I agree on your point, actually. I think you make a really good point. I feel like we're still in the stage where, you know, there's a lot of hobbyists are like doing the technology just for the technology, and like it doesn't serve a real purpose. Um, it felt, I, I it felt very um, uh, late 90s dot com era where you have all these shit like it was almost the exact almost the exact same parallel with like that where all these dot coms went bust because they go here's all the shares of it and you guys are investors you're, you have private equity in this and you can ha- and then they IPO and then they would bust uh, pets dot com is always the go to example on that but like um, it felt it's funny how this stuff is cyclical in a very short, truncated kind of historical timeline. There's no question, but <laughs> no, it seems like it's a like an authentication, like is really the best thing that it's bringing well, think, to the table. I think the way you have to see it, right, is that I think the Web three itself is not the purpose, right? So the blockchain that does nothing on its own, like that is not the utility, right? So in, in the sense that like an, an internet connection without great content or payments or like whatever you could do on it does not do anything. So I think the we're still in that phase. I would say like if you were to compare it to .com, we're actually earlier in .com, I'd say we're probably in 96, 97. Right. And um, in terms of just adoption curves, so I think we're still very early. Now, the counter argument I would say is that the if the technology gets adopted and if it becomes extremely useful, well, there's opportunities for people to build companies of the size of Amazon and Google uh, in, in this stage. So I think that's why there's a lot of interest in the space. But I, I tend to agree with you that as, entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur in the space, I think part of the problem is that people are too focused on like just making money, like monetization, right? And then and it becomes like a giant casino. And I don't think that's a good behavior because you're not adding value to real users. And you're, you're kind of like playing to the worst of people's... <laughs> you know, kind of like values versus like actually creating real value. And so I, I, I tend to agree with some of the assessment you have. But the only caveat I would make is that I do think the technology is important. I think we're early. 
so what what are the solutions like you you started off in the episode explaining this as um you know kind of developing communities i i you may i may be paraphrasing uh but to that point i remember that word <laughs> How do you so? How does this? How does rare circles help communities kind of evolve? Like, let's yeah, say I mean, we we want to get a community for our our podcast, which I've been putting off for five years, uh, and I'm like, I should start a Facebook group. Just throw everybody in there, and then I go back and forth, and I him and hum like, well, we should have a Slack group, really. That you know, what if they could mirror each other if we're just putting a daily post in there or something like that. And then I overthink it, and then I don't do and it. And the solution is nothing, <laughs> nothing. Um, you know, we want to add value to the show as a supplemental thing to this show to create kind of engagement because what we're lacking on this show is we have good listenership. We don't have, like, any... But we talk about shooting stuff out of our hoo-hahs all the time, and then we can't share yeah. it with people, and, you know... Hey, we're not the number one business pod, <laughs> business comedy podcast for just business, okay? Sometimes you got to talk about the weird... Uh, the weird fringy kind of thing. Yeah, it's very fringe. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, so I, I would say, I mean, the, the simple way to answer your question is that, you know, we we offer a product that's basically like a community portal, you know, that has some features that like a Slack or a Facebook group would have. The nuance is that you can add a layer of NFTs and, and you can do two things with the NFTs. One, um, the user that has the NFTs, so you could lock, right, gate basically the content that's behind and you can have different tiers of access for a variety of different users. You could reward some of your best users with freebies, or you could you know, make people pay, right, like an annual subscription uh, to get those um, access to your content. Within that portal, you guys can basically host content, or you could you know, reward your users for being engaged users. So that's kind of like at a, at a very high level, the product that we offer is now, you may say, what, what is the difference between that and using Facebook group or Slack? Um, I would say the answer is there's two different set of answers. I think as it relates to Facebook, I think what we're seeing is definitely a trend towards people wanting to have private communities versus like sitting on these big platforms where they don't control the algorithms. People feel like they're being mm. taken advantage in terms of data. Um, so that's one. Uh, but the second piece, I think, is really around the fact that you know, Slack and subscription models work in a lot of instances, but they don't work in terms of rewarding your best users or your best listeners. Mm. And so the, the Web3 component to me, I think it adds a touch of like loyalty, reward and retention, which I think is new uh, to this space. And, but I, I do think that like the caveat there is it's, it's an enhanced experience. But the, your community is still your community. You know what I mean? Like you, you guys have built this amazing community and it's still your community. And with this enhanced experience, hopefully what can happen, they can be more engaged. They can feel more rewarded. They can maybe, you guys can maybe identify super fans, right, that are like key to your community. Those are things that I think uh, you can't do right now without uh, the Web3 technology. So that, that's sort of how our product uh, and our mindset comes into play. So uh, kind of like a Twitch system of having your own kind of reward, reward kind system. of, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it really. I, I have to find a, a dumb guy metaphor for everything. Well, I don't know if you guys have been on Reddit um, sure. and, you know, Reddit now has um, a layer of Web3 to, to the system, but Interesting. The, the rewards points, uh, the avatars, like all of that mm. are effectively... Uh, you know, now core to the Reddit ecosystem. And it's basically like community incentives. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah. that if I were to shorten it, I, I feel like that's the way I would describe it. Now, Eric just goes on Reddit for this QAnon 
kind of group stuff. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he loves. <laughs> well, look, you guys, don't you guys are me getting mobilized. Wearing this shirt, and I'm not allowed to. Dude, meetings. we're two days away from y'all's day, dude. They have meetings. It's January sixth in a couple days, man. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> what you guys? Are, you that's were, on the web now. Web you were three. talking to me offline about mobilizing. Oh my god. <laughs> and I don't know who Q is. Just you, don't do political. You know, you talk about hemorrhoids or whatever. <laughs> Don't say political anything. <laughs> I got Ethan for the record. I feel like I should say it's that he's full of shit. I don't know if I didn't. If it's not clear, said like a true conspiracy guy. Uh, Ethan, go. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Uh, Eric, Ethan's off. Ethan's off the line. He's not even here. We anymore. got him to laugh for a half second. And he was like, "Is this? Why did I? Why did I do this show?" <laughs> I will say I'm amazed how often uh, you'll ask a question and you'll talk for three minutes. We'll have a back and forth, a whole deal, and. The guests, they all, they remember the question. <laughs> like, yeah, it no. blows my mind. Ethan was answering a question that happened three minutes ago, and I was like, oh, that's right. There was a question in there. Ethan, go on. Sorry. I do we have a question? Uh, man, I, I don't know. Yeah, what is the question? <laughs> you just like looked at us like a question. marriage counselor for two minutes. This is never going to work. Um, I guess my thing is, um, you know, you were talking about Reddit and how they, they've Started infusing this. Uh, if we're okay, let's let's go this way. Let's go back to the the example for anybody listening that wants to get a community started. I, I see the get started button on rarecircles.com. Rare how how would I start getting the word out to use this platform? How does one yeah, get so going? Mean, yeah, I mean the main thing for us is that like our, our product is not a distribution product, meaning like you know because what we're seeing is that most people are building their communities on. Twitter, right, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And so there's already all these great distribution products. Really our products, what you, what you can use it for is effectively invite your users, whichever platform you're on, right, uh, to join. Uh, you can either offer free access or you can, you know, have more of a gated uh, and, and have them pay uh, if you want to use that as a monetization um, for your content and then effectively use a platform to engage them. I would say that's the simplest way for you to do that. And so you just go on a website and, um, basically, you get started. Oh. Blows my mind how digital stuff, I mean, not really when you think about it, but like the, you know, if you play a game, like you were making fun of me yesterday for playing Words with Friends. Yeah, and they give you whatever. It's bullshit Scrabble. Yeah. You, get, you still lost a regular Scrabble yesterday. Uh, yeah. I'm three and one against you, homie. So. Three, yeah, and those were very close games. I destroyed you yesterday. Dude, I'll fuck record. you up in Scrabble. Okay, we're we're going to play this around not after over. this. Right, fine. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. We'll talk about it. I lost You're a triple word bitch. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the way that people still, like, they know that you're just getting a little coin on a thing that means nothing, yet there's value to it to some people, and it's, well, we're, I think we're in an age where tangible doesn't feel... If it's intangible, it doesn't feel real, right? But I don't know. I feel like it doesn't this is how, have to be anymore. Is your money tangible? How, no, how that's, often I'm saying your cash? This is how our parents probably felt about the gold standard, right? So it's like right. you go off of something, they're like, well, gold's never going away. And you're like, well... It's, it's about an agreement mm-hmm. where you know we all agree that this paper's worth money. And um, you know if you give it to somebody else, they agree with the same thing. And it's the same with, you know, all that digital stuff. If everybody on your community agrees, hey, this is valuable. Guess what? It's valuable. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I I, yeah, I, the NFT world's interesting. I don't know how you keep it unique when you have something that's intangible like that. But um, I'm sure that's part of the blockchain technology that's the backing of all of that. Is that kind of fair to say? 
Well, that's why I think I think all the stuff you guys are talking about are really relevant to cryptocurrencies. Where in that case, it's really like supply and demand. You know, if, if there's demand for it, it's valuable. If there's no demand for it, then it's worth nothing. And I I, I tend to agree for that. I I don't. I'm to I'm to be honest, not that knowledgeable on the finance and DeFi side because our focus is really on community. I, what I would say is that when people think about crypto, there's really two things they need to know is that there is the currencies, but there's also the technology. And and I think what's, what we're going to see in the next three to five years is I think the technology is going to really change the way people consume the internet. Um, and they may not even know it. They may not even realize that it's behind the scenes. Um, whereas I, I do think that the, the, the crypto itself, you know, I think in some instances has value, but it's, it's going to stay more, probably more niche, right? Like, like you said, for community people that are true believers that, that, are, that are using it. Where do you see the... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask where uh, you think the blockchain technology is going to be used that maybe we're not thinking about. Like somewhere... We, I don't know. I, My I, thing... Wait, what, I, I think of driver's licenses because like, I know that like certain states you can have your f- license on your phone now. Yeah. Would that apply, Ethan? I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, that, that applies. I mean, there there, there were discussions, you know, during during COVID, where some people say maybe we can use blockchain to validate the vaccine passports, right? That some, uh, some governments were issuing. Boo. So, I, I do think that we're going to see basically um, some um, companies, governments. Um, you know, I, I think the main thing you're going to see, and actually to your point that you mentioned, is I do think we're going to see a trend, a likely around tokenizing real world assets. Right. 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 Meaning like. You and I can trade something, but what we're trading is a right to something in the real world, mm-hmm. and that real world could be a pair of like you know Jordan sneakers, mm-hmm. right? Or it could be a it could be a U.S. dollar, or it could be your. Any other time, I'd have Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, like my my thing with what you're doing though, it, it seems like you're separating the cryptocurrency with what what the community aspect of this is. But if there is a reward system that has its own kind of casino like coins or rewards or incentives isn't that kind of just a side move from cryptocurrency or is that really dumb you know what i'm saying no i know exactly what you mean like isn't it just another yeah. another form like if i go to the casino i got to go get chips that's their that's the way they do it there right you can't you can't play unless you have the chips um, now i guess the way your communities might be built off of is you can join for free. It's probably like a freemium thing. Like you're giving away as the community admin, giving away maybe rewards uh, instead of them having to buy into the community. Or is that part of the aspect of the users of the community where they go, hey, I want to put something into this to get something out. For instance, we were on Twitch for uh, a local radio guy, kind of like he was huge in the 90s. And then... We didn't know he was still big above the love right. sponge, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we were, we were, we went on a show, uh, to get made fun of for an hour and, uh, we didn't realize how big his community was on Twitch and he has all these different incentives to be like, almost like political campaign thing yeah. where you could be, you could be the top Bubba lover yeah. of, you know, whatever it is. And then they had all these coins that if. You threw coins into the chat while it's live. They would say your name on air and things of that nature. I, I don't, they had to buy that subscription. Is that kind of, can you set something out uh, up like that? Or is it like, Hey, we start a group and we're just going to give away kind of like 
whatever our, our be content casino coins are. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't have to be coins. It can be... You know, but I'm saying just right. something. Digital something. I, need, I didn't want to use currency, and I can't think of an, another word. Right. Points? Well, I, I only use the word rewards. Okay. And, and so at no point did I talk about cryptocurrencies or points. I feel like you're a point. Like a reward can be anything. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and so I, I would say that like from that perspective, like we're, we're building tools so that, you know, the, our users can reward their members with physical goods like T-shirts. And, and, but it could also reward their members with access to events mm-hmm. like gotcha. uh, special meetups. Uh, now, of course, like, you know, anyone that issues, um, you know, NFTs or tokens, could those have value and, and, and become speculative? Uh, I would say it really depends on the community. And, and yes, it's a possibility, um, but it depends on the users and the community themselves. And so in that case, it's not the code that does it, it's the users. And right. you know, in some instances, in some instances, the speculation makes sense. I mean, the public market is based on speculation and it does make sense. And it's part of the American you know, industrial mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. And so I think in some cases it makes sense and in some cases it doesn't make sense. And I think from that perspective, um, really the power is in the hands of um, the creators, guys like you to decide uh, what you want to do with it. But I, I would say that the reason why I'm speaking to the technology is because there is technology. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, there's a new trend towards non-transferable tokens, which means when you get the reward, you can't transfer it to someone else. And, and in that case, well, if you can't transfer to someone else, you can't speculate, you know? So, yeah. so they, guess so what? It's worth zero. Well, I guess you can't transfer it. Yeah. You couldn't give it to them. So, so therefore, it's only valuable to you. And yeah. so I, I think what we're going to see, guys, is that the, the space still feels like very experimental. And over time, we're going to see different, um, like different verticals of content and technology and values create because... You know, just like the internet, you know, you could use the internet for gambling or you could use the internet for learning. And, and I think, and, and, and there's no judgment from me or from whoever as to what's better. I think it's just different applications, right? As to like whatever you want to do. And I think that we're going to see the same thing in the blockchain space. But I, I do think that it's going to take time. Is it two years, is it five years or 10 years? I think only time will tell. Well, um, if anybody's interested, then go to rarecircles.com and request access to check it out. Uh, Revenue and engagement solutions for Web3. Uh, thanks for coming on, Ethan. Appreciate you uh, rescheduling so quickly uh, from yeah, our no staff. No worries at all. And um, best of luck, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank Have you. Have a great show. Bye-bye.